1: Everything God does is on purpose. Do you understand what I'm saying? Nothing by accident. Nothing is just rash or impulsive. No, everything God does is deliberate. It's thoughtful. He thinks it, or if if he even has to. Everything, though, has a reason everything's on purpose. And he tells us he wants us to be like him. We, We should be like that.
0: Pastor Robert talks to us today about living our lives with a purpose. We know that God is all-powerful and that He surely acts deliberately with thoughtfulness and reason. If you want to be closer to Him, don't you think you should be living your life this way as well? Make an effort today to begin living your life with a deliberate purpose to do His good works. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor Robert in the book of Exodus chapter 30 for today's edition of Main Thing Radio.
2: His love is the main
1: thing. Now, in Exodus, he had given them some instructions about the worship, about the building of that tent structure, that tabernacle where God said he would be there he would dwell with them among them and where Aaron would present the sacrifices every year that would atone for the sins of the people and so in Exodus chapter 30 God said you shall make an altar to burn incense on you shall make it of acacia wood a cubit shall be its length and a cubit its width it shall be square now a cubit was the basically the length from a man's elbow to the tip of his finger Okay, so 18 inches is kind of what everybody guesstimates because it wasn't exact, all right? Roughly 18 inches. So he says it'll be square. This altar is going to be square, um, 18 inches by 18 inches and, and three feet high. Two cubits shall be its height. So about three feet high. Its horns shall be of one piece with it and you shall overlay its top, its sides all around and its horns with pure gold. And you shall make for it a molding of gold all around. Two gold rings you shall make for it under the molding on both its sides. You shall place them on its two sides, and they will be holders for the poles with which to bear it. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Now, give me just a second here, because I have to tell you, this struck me a few years ago. You know, a number of years ago, when I was just a young Christian, I had a bit of an attitude about churches and, you know, having fancy stuff and, you know, you go in and it's like they've spent a fortune on all this ornate decoration and marble floors and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and to be honest, I had, a, I had a little bit of an attitude about it. And, and I still say that, that we need to be careful to be good stewards of the resources God entrusts to us, right? But the question is, what does that mean? See, a lot of times we think it means that we pinch every penny until Lincoln squeals, Right? That's not what it means. What it means is that we use his money, his resources, according to his instructions. What were his instructions to these Israelites out in the middle of nowhere? He said, build this box out of acacia wood and then overlay everything with pure gold. Why? I don't know. But you're going to argue with God? You know what I mean? I mean, it's his gold, right? It's his gold. And, and here's the thing. Sometimes we're the ones that get preoccupied with material wealth you realize God really isn't preoccupied with material things? What, is, what does God have to do if he needs more gold? Does he have to mine for it? No, he simply speaks, and there's more, let there be gold, and there's more gold. Do You ever think about that? God does, he just doesn't have to think about it. He doesn't have to worry about it. It's not an issue for him. The things that we struggle with, God, how, could, how can we spend that much money on that? If, if he's saying do it, do it. If he's not saying do it, don't do it right? That's what it means to be a wise steward. You're following instructions. First car I ever bought as a missionary. The guy wanted way too much money for it. It was overpriced. I knew it was overpriced, but I also knew that the Lord was prompting me to buy that car. So I bought the car. You know, that car just would not die. It it just went on like, you know, the little Energizer bunny. Just on and on and on and on and on. Little Toyota, little ugly orange Toyota. It wasn't that I fell in love with the car. I'm not a big fan of orange. My wife is, but I'm not. But I bought myself a little orange Toyota because I felt like God was telling me that's the car that you should buy. And I was so glad that I followed instructions and paid a couple of hundred dollars more because, I mean, it was, it was $1,600. This was 1986. And I'm buying an old used, yeah, I know, Right but it lasted for years and years and years, and it's probably still running somewhere, <laughs> you know? Use God's resources according to his instructions, and, and you can't go wrong. He told them to build this little altar in the middle of the desert, put it inside a tent in an area where only one man could go one time per year, Right? The rest of the time, I mean, they they were carrying it through the desert. But he said, you know, build it this way, overlay all of it with gold. Even the poles you're going to carry it with should be overlaid with pure gold. Wow, that's extravagant. Verse 7, he says, Aaron shall burn on it sweet incense every morning. When he tends the lamps, he shall burn incense on it. When Aaron lights the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense on it. A perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall not offer strange incense on it or a burnt offering or grain offering, nor shall you pour a drink offering on it. And Aaron shall make atonement upon his horns once a year, with the blood of the sin offering of atonement, once a year he shall make atonement upon it throughout your generations. It's most holy to the Lord. Now, what, what is this talking about? The incense. The Bible tells us later that this incense represents the prayers of God's people. So the picture that he's given us here is really clear, right? That the, the prayers of God's people, this incense, is supposed to be going up before the Lord perpetually, never ceasing, never stopping. Do you understand your father wants you to be talking to him all the time? Sometimes people say to me, oh, I don't want to pray about that. That's not really that big a deal. Well, we need to remember with God, there are no big deals. He's God. What do you have that's going to be hard for God? There are no big deals. God just wants you to engage with him. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to come to him. You know, somebody asked me, it was a great question. Somebody asked me last week, you know, why don't we recite the Lord's Prayer? Is there a reason we don't do that? Well, yeah, there is. It's not that I think it would be evil to recite the Lord's Prayer. What I do think, though, is that, you know, I grew up reciting prayers, just memorizing things to say to him. Do you understand that I don't want my kids doing that to me? My son's gonna, the only thing he's ever going to say to me, things he's memorized. You follow me? I mean, do you want that with people you love and care about? That they only come to you with things they've memorized? And they say the same thing to you every day? They're greeting in the morning, you know? Good morning, Father. I hope your day is a nice day. I will see you this evening. Goodbye. And they say exactly the same thing to you every single day. No, that's not what we want. What do we want? We want relationship. We want interaction. I want my kid to tell me what's going on. I want my child to open up with me, have a conversation, engage with me heart to heart. Does that mean it's wrong to recite the Lord's Prayer? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if that's all you ever do, that's not good. If that's the only prayer you pray... That's not good. That's not what Jesus intended. Go back and read it. It's not what he intended. He gave us a model to follow. When you pray, pray like this. He wasn't saying repeat it. He was giving us a model to follow. Your father wants interaction with you. He wants it to be continual, a perpetual incense, he said before the Lord, throughout your generations. But then he said, don't offer strange incense. What does that mean? He had given them a recipe. He actually told them the ingredients that he wanted to go into this particular incense, and he told them not to use it for anything else. Just use it for this. Anytime this smell goes up, it's for me. That's all it's for, God said. Do you understand? Specifics. Now, we're not going to spend hours and hours on this. I just want you to see how detailed God was with everything related to worship, related to the tabernacle, related to the priesthood and the sins of the people and atoning for the sins of the people. Everything he did, he was so precise about the materials, about the size, about when they were to do it, about who was to do it, about who couldn't do it. So precise, so deliberate. You know, I heard an excellent teaching years ago about the need for us to live our lives deliberately. This is, this is just a, a great reminder for me of the fact that everything God does is on purpose. Do you understand what I'm saying? Nothing by accident. Nothing is just rash or impulsive. No, everything God does is deliberate. It's thoughtful. He thinks it, to, or if, if he even has to. Everything, though, has a reason everything's on purpose. And he tells us he wants us to be like him. We, we should be like that, that we live our lives intentionally.
0: Are you part of a local church community? It's important to have a faith-based community around you as you continue to seek all that God has for your life. With more on that, here's Pastor Robert.
1: Thanks, Chris. You know, if you're looking for a way to get closer to Jesus and you're in the Miami area, we've got a plan. We started something a few years ago that we talk, we call it Intensive Christian Training, ICT for short. It's three phases, begins with just a uh, dinner together, Um, in a group setting every Thursday night you do that for about 10 or 11 weeks and just go through the basics what is Christianity but you're doing it around a meal with a group of people that you really connect with and and get to know so if that sounds like something you might be interested in and you're in our Miami-Dade area reach out to us MainThingRadio.com
0: Thanks Pastor Robert for more information visit MainThingRadio.com that's all we have time for today but thanks for tuning in Join us next time to continue studying God's Word right here on Main Thing Radio.